This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. What makes the perfect workout? Being able to ride, lift, and stretch in one place with motivating instructors. Y'all look so good out there, Peloton. Classes that always work around your busy summer schedule. Push, Peloton. You've got 20 minutes of opportunity on this ride. Instructor-curated playlists for every mood. Let's turn it up. Come on. Now what if you had it all? Ride it home. The Peloton bike. Nothing like working out from home. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. So tomorrow morning at around 1 a.m., the Open Championship will be beginning at Royal St. George's. Robert, Cole, what do you guys think you're going to be doing around 1 a.m. tomorrow? I'll probably be getting ready for bed. You usually go to bed between 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning? I mean like 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock, something like that. Cole, you're a college kid, so I expect 2.30, 3 o'clock you're going to bed? I'll probably already be asleep. Look at I actually you. go to sleep like pretty early. Like Love that. 11.30. Uh-huh. Please. Like you're going to be asleep at 11.30 when your Bucks are playing tonight. Unless game four of the finals goes to triple or quadruple overtime. I assure you, I won't be awake for the first tee. But nonetheless, we've got a major championship here. John Rahm, he's the heavy favorite. I think I saw 7-1 to one odds at Caesars Sportsbook. And it's not just because of his win at Torrey, but because he performed well at the Scottish Open since then. But... Believe me, I'm seldom to pick chalk when it comes to the majors. So instead, I'm going to take Jordan Spieth to win. Slowly but surely, his game's gotten better and better. And I think with a win this week, we'll be talking about his resurgence being complete. It's been a slow process. It's been a really good story to follow. I like Spieth because he's the perfect combo of scrambler and ball striker, and I think we all know he's plenty good enough as a putter to make things happen. He's He's got the right skill set to win on this lumpy, quirky Lynx golf course. It's a course that's going to reward creativity. It's a course that you have to be very confident going in on, so that's why it's very significant what you've been doing leading up to this major, and he's entering the tournament with a ton of confidence. Think about it this way. Like, if you're looking at what his career has been at a 1,000-foot view, in 2015, six years ago, he was the number one player in the world. He was winning majors, plural. Nobody was better in golf. You even had people saying, could this be the next Tiger? 2016, Number three player. Then the year after that, I think he was the number four and number five player. He was a top five player in the world for three years. And then he cratered. 2019, at the end of the year, 44th in the world ranking. After last calendar year, 82nd in the world. But he's picked up the pieces since then. He's now 23rd in the world. 
after six top fives this year, four top tens in the last seven times out, he has got his confidence back. And we know the talent's there. We've seen it. The analytics show it. Our eyeballs show it. We've seen it before. He's still plenty young. This is a player I love to win this week. Jordan Spieth winning at the Open Championship. He's had success in this tournament. He's the last American to win the Claret Jug. He did so in 2017. He has three top 10 finishes in this major. The Jordan Spieth resurgence. It's going to culminate at the Open Championship starting tomorrow. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't think it's the best bet because he's 18 to 1 odds. Probably the best value would be Patrick Cantlay at 30 to 1 or 33 to 1, depending on where you look. The best long shot I got for you, more than 50 to 1 odds, is Webb Simpson. Not just because he's a deke, but I do think scrambling is going to be rewarded this week. And analytically speaking, few are as good as Webb is at that. And also, he's a major champ. My problem with Webb is that eh, not the best links course player, generally speaking, and he hasn't played very well going into this week. Moving things along. You can tweet the show at WSJS Sports. 336-777-1600 is the phone number if you care to chime in that way. A question that I asked earlier to Adam Gold, and we've got culture shock we're going to do in about 10 minutes. Today is supposed to be the worst day on the sports calendar. It's the day after the All-Star game. Most years, this is the slowest sports day. You don't have any Major League Baseball. The NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals have been long, de- have been long been decided. There's nothing going on. Nothing generally. But this year's still different. The COVID schedule is still not completely back to normal. Or the sports calendar, because of COVID, still not back to normal. So we have Game 4 of the NBA Finals tonight, and we have an Open Championship tomorrow. Remember, there was no Open Championship last year. So, similar to the way on sports talk shows across the country, when Game 7s happen and you have the cliche, it's the two best words in sports, and they start discussing what the two worst words in sports are, I'm going to flip this one on its head. What is the best day? on the sports calendar. If generally speaking, the worst day on the sports calendar is the day after the Major League Baseball All-Star Game because of how slow things are, what is the best day on the sports calendar? 336-777-1600. For me, and again, this is just me personally, I'd probably say it's Thursday or Friday, the NCAA tournament starting like the first Thursday and Friday where you have all the games. I've always told myself I want to go to Vegas while that's happening, but as long as I'm working here in the state of North Carolina, I'll tell you what, those are two of the most important days of the year, so can't really just hang out in Vegas and maybe lay a few bets down. Can't do that. So when you think best days on the sports calendar, what comes to mind, Robert Walsh? Uh, The first Sunday full of football is a great is a great day. Oh, yeah? Because you really don't do anything. You might have a couple buddies come over. You eat some good food. You talk about the stuff. You overreact to the Jaguars getting their one win for the season. You How know? many televisions do you usually have on? 
how many screens? Well, I do the the red zone for uh, the big screen, and okay. then I have my dual screens where we can like isolate games if we wanted to. But generally, if I have people over, we're watching games. It's like everybody has different interests, so it's almost easier just to have one red zone that you can kind of see the big things, and then I'll put a Ravens game up for me, or I have a friend that's a Dolphins fan, or whoever comes over, I can put the individual games up. When I'm not going to the Panthers games, I so let's say the Panthers are on the road, I'm usually going to a sports bar. That's my Sunday. It's kind of become my Sunday ritual. I, I just go to a sports bar that has about 50 screens and I'm catching games all at once. I just think it's the most fun thing. That's a really good nomination that first Sunday. But you have to strategize a little bit, Robert, because I love sticking around for the 4 o'clock games too, but I'm not a heavy drinker, so what do you kind of do to keep the staff engaged? You obviously leave a pretty big tip, but you don't want to eat five meals worth of things as well. So you need to have like a crew of people together and kind of offset things as you go. That's generally what the strategy is for me. Let's go to John and Winston-Salem before we get Cole's submission here. Going to be a lot of Cole sometime soon. Hey, John, what what do you think is the best day on the sports calendar? Well, it would be the best couple of weeks. would be the first couple of weeks of December when you have the NCAA basketball going on, okay. conference championship in college football and NFL. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. See, the busiest time of year for yours truly are the months of November and December where you do have that crossover. It's great. And you have those few Saturdays where you're talking about basketball and football. Like when I look at this Tar Heel schedule, for instance, you'll see I think they're playing UCLA on December the 11th. That's a Saturday. I haven't looked to see what football is going to happen that weekend, but of course in the NFL because college football will be finished. That it's always a lot of fun. So that's that's a great one. If basketball, let me ask you this: I don't know who you root for, John. If basketball is going head to head with football in a collegiate sense, what gets what takes precedent? Football. Uh, I'm a Wake Forest fan, so right now football. There you go. Well done. Thank you for the call, John. Cole, what are you nominating here? Uh, I'd just say um, draft day in the NFL because the last two years I've been a huge draft nut. Um, so I'd say the best day and the worst day in the sports calendar is the you know first night draft night of round one of the NFL draft and the worst days you know the day after. Uh, I'm drafting. surprised. See, I'm surprised Robert didn't go with that because I know how big of a draft nut he is. I'm surprised you went with that because usually the people that say that are rooting for teams that aren't any good, that are always picking near the top of the draft, and it is essentially your Super Bowl. But I have a friend of mine who's a huge San Francisco 49ers fan who loves the draft more than anything else, and Robert roots for the Baltimore Ravens, who are really good as well, so maybe it's not that strange after all. I definitely agree that after that third day, like seventh round is winding down, it is such like a come down. Like you've been on a bender. You're like seeing all these players that you've watched and read little nuggets about, and then you have to realize like that all that has to end, and you're not going to get to feel that again for a whole nother year. The day after the draft is a great answer for the worst day. For the worst day, correct? Yeah, because that's a, that's another one that we discussed, and there are a number of different directions we could take that. Okay. Robert, do you have a theme 
For some of the ones you pulled here, I got one for Cole for Culture Shot. What's a theme to the two that you pulled here? It's really not a theme. Just two people that I don't think he knows anything about or much about. Love that. So Robert and I, we're going to put intern Cole through the ringer here. Uh, we're going to test his pop culture knowledge. Maybe try to teach him a thing or two. We call it Culture Shock, and it's next on The Drive. We have developed a great program for you. Unbalanced and a little out of control. <laughs> You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. On the note of best day on the sports calendar, since today is supposed to be the worst day in a regular year, the day after the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, slowest day in the calendar, probably the better way to say it. Julian writes in, the NFL draft is a great choice. It coincides with MLB, NBA, and NHL regular seasons. It brings together college and pro fan bases. There are no losers. Everybody wins. Day one of the draft is probably the best day on the sports calendar to me. That's an element I didn't consider. Robert, who do you think enjoys the draft more? College teams or college fans seeing their players get drafted and probably adding up how many players are drafted from their team, how many from their conference, etc.? Or the NFL fans who are trying to figure out how guys translate? I think it's the NFL fans. Because like, how many people like like me or Cole that like fan over the draft? How many of those people are like on the college side of it? They're like, oh man, I'm gonna really miss this guy. Like, you don't get a lot of those guys. Like, I feel like most of them are NFL fans. I think I agree with you on that. Maybe we could revisit the conversation of best sports day on the calendar in just a bit. Because right now it's time for culture shock. All right. Cole, he did wonderfully a few weeks ago when we debuted this. The last time we tried this, though, because I doubt you guys did it last week, he did not do so great. He struggled because Cole is 20 years old, and he's proud of his ignorance at points, including not knowing much about Britney Spears or anything at all about Britney Spears. Robert, you want to get things started? We've got three different pop culture icons here, either in sports or in entertainment. And we're going to read three facts about them. And it's two truths and a lie. And Cole has to identify which one is the lie. Who do you got first? Uh, the first one I've got is Little Wayne. I thought that might be a little closer to your knowledge base. Oh, no. Oh, no. The last time we Not did again. this. I think we did Lil Wayne. Mm. <laughs> I forgot you weren't here for yeah, it. Yeah, I was kind of expecting unusual questions today, so sorry would it Would it help you? Either. Would it help you if I did mine first to help you come up with somebody I, else? Let me tell you something. I'm not coming up with a whole nother one because it takes a long time to come up with these. Like, to have a good one, there's okay. no way I could just pull one out of my butt. So maybe he doesn't know this about Lil Wayne. All right, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that Sawyer was in here the last time we did that. All right, so Little Wayne, which one of these is the lie? Spot the lie, Cole. Uh, his nicknames include Little Tunchy and Young Money. Uh, there are six installments of his The Carter albums, and his daughter was on MTV's Super Sweet 16. 
which I'm sure is a show that you've also never seen, along with yep. Teen Mom or any of the other great MTV classics. No, never seen them. Um, I we talked about this uh, the last time, but I already knew uh, his nickname. Okay, you know, he both, did know yeah, Lil Tinchy. I was impressed. Um, I do know his albums, so I know I was a fan of Carter Five. I don't think they've made Carter Six that may be, may have been announced. So I guess that would technically be included in the installment. And then, like you said, I don't uh, know about the show. What do you think my sorry. Super Sweet 16 is about? Yeah, what, what do you think goes on on that show? Uh, it's so a nice Sweet 16 party. Exactly. But they, most of the time, these girls or boys are like tyrants. And they're oh, like, no. I, I have to have this at my party. And then, like, it's like the lamest MTV production. I think wow. South Park made fun of it one time. They're like, what? You got this type of convertible? You didn't get this type? I don't like that type. I can't ride in this, Dad. It doesn't have a leather interior. So which one are you going with, Cole? Um, I just don't know what you mean by including the installment. Like, you mean it's released? Or? Are, are there are there six of them? Okay, that was, I'm going to say that it's probably one that is set to release. I would say his daughter wasn't on uh, the My Sweet Sixteen. There are only five the quarter albums. You yeah. just stuck with your. We did Lil Wayne a few weeks ago, and he still he struck out on Lil Wayne twice. But I, it, I just figured it was one that you know was announced that you know went by me in like the last year. Or so that that's unbelievable. Been. He knows nothing about Lil Wayne except that it's Lil Tunji and that there's <laughs> some songs from Carter Five. All right, and by the way, the fact that you know songs from the Carter Five and not the Carter Three. Can you name a song from the Carter Three? Uh, probably not. All right, there we go. You've probably heard them before. Yeah, it's just probably hard heard to name them. it. There you go. Uh, next one. Since the Phoenix Suns are in the finals, I figured I'd do a guy that I know you're familiar with on the television sense, Charles Barkley. Now, Charles Barkley is now just seen to be this great, cute, cuddly, funny figure on television, but once upon a time... He was an all-star, one of the greatest NBA players ever. So I got three facts about his NBA career. First one, before joining the Suns, Charles spent the first eight years of his career with the Houston Rockets. He was one half of the Twin Towers. Second fact, he played college basketball at Auburn. And the third fact, in his first season with Phoenix, he won the MVP and took Phoenix to the finals. Which of those is untrue? Um, the Phoenix one's untrue because the Phoenix Suns haven't been to the finals until this year. And 1993, they went to the finals, and he won the MVP that year. The false, the the false fact, the alternative fact, we'll call it. The twin towers for Houston were Ralph Sampson and Hakeem Olajuwon. He spent the first eight years of his career with the Philadelphia 76ers. Tough. Over two is Cole. And Robert has one more. Let's see if Cole can salvage something here. This is Culture Shock. All right, try to figure this one out, Cole. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with a 90s and even still today, a TV actor named Tim Allen. <laughs> Does that sound bring any memories to you? Yeah. This one's going yeah, to be Tim good. <laughs> this one's going to be very good. Okay. All right. Tim Allen. Which one of these is a lie? Starred in Home Improvement and Santa Claus movies. Uh, was arrested for 650 grams of cocaine when he was 25. 
or, or has been on syndicated television for over 20 years. Which one of these is the lie? Okay, um, first one's true. Uh, he's casting multiple Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Um, second one, that's a tough one. Uh, oddly specific. Yeah, it's very oddly specific. Um, what was made. that one again? Uh, he was arrested for 650 grams of cocaine when he was 25. Yeah, how long does that keep you in prison? Yeah, anyway, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> that's oddly specific, and uh, but also like 25, pretty early in his lifespan. Um, and then the third one, syndicated for over what was it, 20 years? Over 20 years. Yeah. He's been around a while. Um, I think the Ollie specific one. I'm gonna say that one's true. Okay, so what's the lie though? Uh, so the lie, I'm gonna go with the syndicated for 20 years because I know. Correct. Yeah! I know he's been on. He has been syndicated for 19 years uh, with his new <laughs> Last Barely. Man Standing show. He's been on for 10 years, and Home Improvement was on for nine. Mm. Thank you for allowing us. Before we get to take it to the house, the opportunity to teach some people and let some people know that some mustachioed version of Tim Allen at 25 was what? Embezzling, stealing coke, or dealing coke? Well, he was trying to ship coke. He got arrested at an airport. He was Did trying it, to move it. Wasn't the reason why he was allowed to skate because he became a snitch? Yeah, he rolled over on everybody. He gave names. Oh. Who was it that uh, dogged him for that? And it's like, oh, go roll over on somebody else, Tim Allen. Somebody dogged him publicly for it, and that's how I found out about the whole issue. Was it Jesus and Marrow? <sighs> I can't. I, maybe I can't. I can't really remember. Tim Allen is a snitch. Snitches get t- uh, stitches. Oh, Tim Allen! I as soon as I learned that fact about Tim Allen, I can't unsee it. It's really hard. And I can't the- unsee it, and then I also can't unsee the mustache that he had when he was 25 as well. In fact, let me pull up that image. Talk amongst yourselves. It it, it, it looks like two fireballs like on opposite <laughs> sides of his lips. I picture him being in the bathroom of that airport the same way as the Santa Claus movies, like where he shaved and his beard kept going back. He like he kept shaving and that big ass mustache kept growing back. He's like, they're going to know I have 650 grams of cocaine in my book bag right now. 650 650- was it pounds or grams? Grams. grams. Pounds would be a heavy-ass yeah, suitcase. Yeah, heavy suitcase. Sir, are you going to pay it's, extra? To- it's just unbelievable. Santa Claus! And that he had been acting at that point for three years. Santa! So, so, like, can you imagine being in like the boardroom? They were like, yeah, Tim, all right, we're going to pitch this. You're the new Santa Claus. Let me just get a background check real quick. Uh, we know you have a big history with snow, so, <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah. That's right. Uh, you're very familiar with the preacher's wife. You'll do great in the South. <laughs> yeah, Tim Allen. <laughs> I'd love to see some of the promotion for the first Santa Claus movie. Here he comes on the white horse. Yeah, right. It's Santa. Tim Allen. Santa looks a little sniffly today. <laughs> I, I remember, like, it used to be a thing. Who's more likable, Tim Allen or Tom Hanks? <laughs> like, and again, I had no idea about this. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about this, right? They just Free know home internet. improvement. Yeah, it's home improvement. You can have that discussion. 
But then I bet Hanks, first time he learned about this, oh, yeah. This is this is something. Andrew Snitch. I don't know what's worse. The 650 grams or the fact that you just you 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 told on everybody. See, I can I can understand maybe he was in a hard time, maybe he needed to make a lot of money. I don't know what was going on in his life. I'm never going to agree that at selling drugs is a great idea. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you made a mistake, and then he wants to roll over on everybody. Terrible. And then he started naming names. Like I, I don't, I don't like snitches, man. I'm sorry. I, it is. I am not. I'm with Robert. I am not condoning drug use, and certainly not drug selling. But I do not, under any circumstances, support ratting or tattletaling. Oh, the worst. Why did? That's always the expression you were told as a kid, tattletaling. Where did that come from? Like, what is a tattletale? A tattletale. I, I honestly have no idea. Maybe we can get back to the best day in sports. Or we could stick on tattletaling for a second because I have no idea why that's the expression. I honestly don't even know what a tattletale is. I assume it's some type of, it's not a fish. You would call somebody like a fat ass. Maybe it's like a tattletale. Like, oh, you're you're a tattler. Like like that. Understood. I get it. Getting back to the best days in sports. Are we We're not in agreement, I don't think, because you guys aren't all in on Thursday and Friday of March Madness. I guess if it's multiple days you're looking at, Thursday and Friday, perhaps that can't be the best day on the sports calendar if it's essentially the same thing back-to-back days. So I'd be willing to say that the draft's right up there. But then again, (sighs) there's nothing athletic happening at the draft. That's going to be the number one sports day when no sport is actually taking center stage? I, I would probably still lean, if we're doing a couple days, the first week of NFL football. Like that, because we get games on Saturday too, right? Oh, it's the first Sunday. The first Sunday is, is, I mean, that might be the answer to the question. It's, it's unbelievable when the 1 o'clock games roll around, if you're going to games. Like I love in the Panthers press box, Robert, they have... Four big screen TVs in a row. And then there's four big screen TVs. Actually, excuse me, there's two different sets of this. So there are combined 16 televisions that have all the games on, and it's unbelievable to watch. It's great. I I love the first Sunday of NFL football. That might be the answer to the question. 336-777-1600. Yes. Hmm. But yeah, had something there. We do have ticket ticket to the house in just a few minutes. I'm proud that Cole didn't go over three. Thankful for that. He's uh he's keeping up with his record, kind of like you do with your oh, bets. Oh, how's that going? The first week he was like, ha! ha. <laughs> What'd you say? He was like, I went three. Did you go three for three the first yeah, he week? Did. Three for three. He three was like, three. heck yeah, three for three. And then he probably went one for three the second week. What are you five and four right now? Yeah, five and four. Five and four. Five and four, kind of like Greg Popovich's USA basketball record. There you go. Actually, Pop won last night, so he's 10 and five as USA basketball coach. Not so great when Coach K went 78 and one. 
Not so awesome. But glad they finally got a win. Big sports night tonight. You got game four of the finals. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think tonight we're finally going to get something good just because of the urgency in place for Milwaukee and Phoenix not losing back-to-back games in the playoffs to this point. That's exciting. You got the Open Championship. I will not be up that early. Let's go to another John and Winston who's joining us. John and Winston, what do you have in terms of best day in the sports here? Because I assume you don't want in on Tim Allen's 25-year-old drug selling. I uh, want a little bit of both, mainly because yeah, on the Tim Allen, it's like an unusual question. Okay. But on the best day in sports, uh, it have to be the Super Bowl, mainly because if you got to contemplate calling out of work the next day, uh, just because you were having just such a grand old time on that particular sports day, that kind of takes the cake for the best sports day. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. If they're considering making the next day a holiday as a result of it, that's pretty yeah. darn good. What do you got on Tim Allen? Uh, for Tim Allen, uh, he's pretty famously known as being Santa Claus. Um, I believe it's either the second or the third Santa Claus movie where they, they got a clone clause or a toy clause yeah, yeah. that comes to life. He's very charismatic. I was wondering if I was wondering if Tim Allen had a little bit of booger sugar going on when he was. In that part of the role, or was that just, or was that just something that he just came up with naturally? I, I just want to know if he got a little bit of help because yeah. that Santa was very over the top, and he didn't seem as though that. Uh, there might have been there might have been some himself. there might have been some performance enhancing involved. Thank thank you for the call, John. How many different? I think we've done this segment before. How many different ways to express cocaine have we already gotten to? I mean, he that just, was six. He just pulled booger sugar, white horse, preacher's wife, snow, snow. Yeah, we got to a number of them here. I don't know if we're now. Gonna- you know the street names, kids. What like <laughs> this show is for adults? Like, yeah. sorry, about- <laughs> sorry, kids. Well, I mean, it was John that dropped booger sugar. It's John's fault. Yeah, we're blaming all this on John. Wait till you learn about Patrick Swayze next week. <laughs> uh, gutter glitter. Since we're exactly one week out from ACC kickoff, we'll hit on what I'm sure is going to be the biggest topic at the Westin and Uptown Charlotte in about 15 minutes. That's because right now, we're being joined by Chip Patterson of CBSSports.com and the Cover 3 podcast. And before we get into the major championship golf, let's start with this, Chip. What do you expect to be the dominant storyline at kickoff at this time next week? So we're going to get from ACC players and ACC coaches pretty much across the board. The question will be asked about, number one, college football playoff expansion, and number two, name, image, and likeness. Now, the coach from the ACC that I think people are most interested in hearing from, especially when it pertains to name, image, and likeness, is Dabo Sweeney. However, this is where I will point out just how, how nicely this works out for Dabo. You know, sometimes it does feel like everything comes up Clemson. By the time he actually faces reporters on the Atlantic Division Day, the second of two days, that will also be day four of the SEC. Uh, the entire Big 12 media days will have come and gone. 
basically they will have said everything that can be said. So on these two national topics, uh, name, image, and likeness, and college football playoff expansion, by the time we in the ACC are starting to hear from coaches and players, we will have already heard from so many coaches and players from across the country. So, you know, either they will just sort of fall in line, say something very similar, uh, maybe we'll have a headline or two, but it, it'll be very interesting, uh, at least from my seat, from a national perspective, how comments from uh, ACC players and coaches, how they may or may not differ from everything we've heard across the country. Uh, you're so right on that. He's on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson, joining us from CBS Sports. Practical question, how do you plan to watch and cover the Open that's set to start at 1 a.m. tomorrow morning? Uh, so I don't do the 1 a.m. start, and I no longer do the 4 a.m. start. I normally jump in around 7, which does mean that you've missed almost one of the waves, but, you know, sunset is 9 p.m. in Sandwich, and that's 4 p.m. here, and so you got to think that your work day is still going to extend until 4 or 5, so I put in like a, a 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. kind of watch window for the most part when it pertains to the Open Championship, and then covering will be on CBSSports.com. Uh, Kyle Porter, Kyle Boone, and myself, are, are all, we'll all be splitting up the duties. Like, Kyle Porter... You know, he's the senior golf writer. He, he's the first one up. I don't know if he's going to do 1 a.m. or 4 a.m., but the, uh, the CBSSports.com live blog will be rolling, and somebody will be, uh, will be putting coal on that fire pretty much around the clock. I see you've picked Justin Thomas to win the Claret Jug. Why? I've been, I scouted him last week at the Scottish Open. I thought where he and John Rahm, two names that I like, either one of them, I, I could absolutely see winning. And I, I think that, you know, where early in his major championship career, some of Justin Thomas's worst finishes were at the Open Championship. He finished T11 back in 2019. And uh, just the way that he played over there um, in Scotland kind of made me think like, okay, may, maybe this idea, especially a place like Royal St. George, which is going to be a little bit of a grind, I think JT can grind. I think he's got some creativity. He was number one in the field in scrambling uh, as he shot a 65 on Sunday at the Scottish Open. So I'm, I'm kind of taking that approach this year of using some of those uh, lead-up to the, the Open Championship tournaments as a great place to figure out you know, who's got the landscape figured out when we move from some of the point-and-shoot courses that we have on the PGA Tour and move into some real links golf. A lot of my golf friends, a lot of people that play, a lot of people that cover golf, say that the Open Championship is their favorite major. What say you? Not my favorite, but I, I don't think that I'm, uh, I, I don't think that I, I think that I like the Open Championship for a lot of the same reasons that the, the, the hardcore golf heads really love it. Um, I, I, I change, you know, I, I'll drift around. I don't think. The, to me, you can get editions of the Masters that are not great, that don't live up to the average you know, Masters. And I think you can get editions of the Open Championship that aren't as awesome as the ones that are sort of crystallized as uh, some of the favorites and, and the reasons why people hold it number one. Same thing with U.S. Open. I mean, 
I swear it's not a cop-out answer. I, instead, I say it's like, no, there are bad years of the Open. There are excellent years of the Open. And I, I would say the same thing about all the major championships. Chip Patterson, enjoy the golf. Enjoy the coffee, I'm sure, as well. And uh, I know we'll be catching up sometime before football season. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Sounds good. Y'all be well. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Proceed slowly and with caution. On WSJS Sports. Adam Gold will tell us what's for dinner in 15 minutes. I promised a story about another wild animal on the loose here in the state of North Carolina. We'll get to that in a bit. But with the Open Championship starting tomorrow morning, I've got a long shot bet. I've got my best value bet. And I have my outright winner pick to deliver here. And we'll start with the long shot, and it's Webb Simpson. Now I know what you might be thinking. Okay, Josh is the host in the triad. He's picking a Wake Forest guy. Shocker. 65 to 1 odds, Robert. 65 to 1 for a major champion that is ranked pretty much at the top in all the analytics for scrambling, and he's top 20 in ball striking. Now, he hasn't been playing that well, unfortunately, at least of late, and this is not really the best tournament for him, his best major. But he is a major champion, and we know what Webb can do when he is right. 65 to 1. He's creative. He can put it together. He has that scrambling ability. That's my long shot pick of more than 50 to 1 odds at 65 to 1, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Here's the best value bet Patrick Cantlay. Very similar game to Webb Simpson, just younger, playing a little bit better. He is at 33 to 1 odds. So I've always said with golf, probably not the best bet to put money down on somebody that is with less than 25 to 1 odds, right? If you're betting on somebody at 15 to 1 or 10 to 1, or like John Rahm, who's the favorite at 7 to 1, probably not a great return on investment. For a sport like golf, unless you're talking about Tiger in his prime or something like that. So I'm usually looking at 25, 30 to 1. And I like Patrick Cantlay at 33 to 1. That's one I'm looking at there. And then there's my pick to win the tournament, the outright winner. I think it's Jordan Spieth. The resurgence will culminate at Royal St. George's. This is the guy I got. Perfect combo of ball striking and scrambling. Pretty good putter as well. Good enough, at least, on this lumpy, quirky course. You're talking about six top fives this year. Four top tens in the last seven outings. He is gaining confidence. We know he has a lot of ability. He checks a lot of boxes for me. He's the last American to win this tournament in 2017. uh, Three top ten finishes in this major the last decade. Jordan Spieth's my wi- he's my pick to win the tournament. So there you go. The long shots Webb Simpson at 65 to 1. The best value bet is Patrick Cantlay at 33 to 1. I've also seen it at 30 to 1 at other places. 
Jordan Spieth, 18 to 1. He is my outright winner of the Open Championship that starts tomorrow. On to this animal story. Actually, before I read it, Robert, an update on the bear cub. So, it's been an interesting few weeks in the state. In Raleigh, we learned about the zebra cobra a couple of weeks ago. Did you see how the zebra cobra was wrangled in, how they caught it? Uh, I didn't see it specifically, but I imagine they used like a little grabber. They had glue. Actually, there was uh, they put glue on a bunch of different surfaces around where they believed it to be, and then they saw that the snake was stuck. That seems super uh, great. <laughs> like, And by great, you mean not great? And by great, I mean terrible. <laughs> I could be wrong on that. Could you double check it? I, I think that's how the zebra cobra got caught. I don't want to just accuse anybody like of being inhumane. I, let's let's put glue wherever we think a snake might go. Like, who came up with that <laughs> hairball idea? <laughs> so I might just be reading the internet wrong if it sounds that stupid. So let's see that update. We'll get that in a second. But the bear cub, this is true, finally came out of the tree. It was lured out of the tree by donuts, jelly donuts that they left at the bottom of the tree. That is true. And they got the baby cub out of the tree outside Rex Hospital in downtown Raleigh. Apparently some wolves on the loose as well in Raleigh, we learned yesterday. It's Raleigh's, the state of North Carolina really is just one big unfent zoo right now. Did you get the update on the zebra cobra? Yeah, they used a bleeping glue trap. Like, I just don't understand how you come up with an idea of where to put a glue trap. Like, it's loose in Raleigh. And even if you said a neighborhood in Raleigh, you couldn't buy enough glue traps for me to be like, yeah, I think we've got this area canvassed. I think we got it covered. We're going to catch a, a, a zebra cobra today. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like how a five-year-old... Would figure out the problem. Why not just stick glue on the ground? That'll catch the snake. That's and, brilliant. And the cop said uh, the snake is safely contained and being cared for in an appropriate facility. I, I bet it had to be cared for. You had to rip it out of the glue trap. Yeah, that's tough, too. You think ripping off a Band-Aid's rough? Have you ever seen like what happens to mice in glue traps? No. It is It is terrible. They literally, they will like bite their arms off to get off of this glue trap or be ripped in half. I don't know how they did it. I mean, props to them for figuring it out. I would not have caught the zebra cobra. We've got the latest update. This is from Edgecombe County. You ever spend time in Edgecombe County? I've only drove through it on purpose. Did you? Eastern North Carolina, Edgecombe County, an African cat. King Sparta, the name of this African cat, was uh, had escaped from its enclosure. The Edgecombe County Zoo had lost this African cat named King Sparta. And apparently there's this video attached to... Oh my gosh, I'm looking at it. It is just like a jungle cat roaming the streets of Edgecombe County. The hell is going on right now? This simulation's broken. Like, the, we're in a terrible, terrible video game. 
Like I, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's rough. Compare it to Jumanji. <laughs> it is exactly Somebody's like it. This is that sequel or the remake of Jumanji was terrible. This one's even worse. I used to love the original Jumanji. That movie was awesome. The first remake they made with The Rock wasn't terrible. I didn't like it. They, well, I mean, they just switched it around, right? They're in a video game, and like they, they just added a bunch of different stuff to it. If you went into it expecting like the original Jumanji, I can see how you wouldn't enjoy it. But like the the re, the sequel to that remake of Jumanji, yes, that one was awful. Thank you. And please stop remaking these movies that are please so beloved. We we just don't need it. We really don't. Need it. Unless you're going to bring back like Fraggle Rock or something, I'd be Fraggle so, Rock. I'd be so in on Fraggle Rock remake. Not even joking. What movies need to be remade? Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. The only one that comes to mind right now is You've Got Mail. It's got to be like a modernized version with dating apps. Oh, that would be good. Uh, who would about- be Hanks? Who would be Hanks? And who would be uh, Meg Ryan? Oh, in this instance, do we have like a power couple right now maybe it's you reunite miles teller and shailene woodley and that would be the deal Oof, i don't know if we're going to remake anything we need to remake comedies like how high like any of the comedy central shows that are like when you would get off school and come on and be like this is a comedy central movie like Planes, trains, and automobiles. Anything goofy like that? Oh, please don't remake planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm not saying exactly that movie, but those movies. Like, I do agree. There are some movies where you could just make movies kind of like them. Like bank robbery movies, I'm cool with those every just couple of years. You give me a bank robbery movie every other year, I am cool with that. I'm talking about like movies like Accepted. Like, if they could make, like, an Accepted 2, I, I would I've got watch a that. lot of stories with the movie Accepted. A lot of stories. It's so interesting you bring that movie up, because that was always the movie when I was in college, and I didn't know what I was doing dating people. Hey, you want to come over and watch a movie? That's always the movie I'd turn on, Accepted. That's the movie. I had it on DVD. It's a, a great movie. Because the first option that didn't go well was The Departed. Hey, yeah, that's, let's watch The Departed. I don't think anybody's getting lucky the, watching The Departed. Then there's the scene where there's like a you know disfigured hand and you figure out why it was that specific hand and she was out at that point. I don't blame her. If somebody invited me over in a romantic interest and was like, oh, what movie are we watching? I'm excited to cuddle <laughs> The Departed. It's hard to be. Make something worse than that. We're watching There Will Be Blood. Do you have a scene? Would you like to screw a scene jump? Bastard in the basket! Try to watch Silence of the Lambs. I drink your milkshake. No, Silence of the Lambs actually would be pretty good. No, it would not. It would no, be. it would not. She would. <laughs> oh, wait. I no, just it pictured, would not. I just pictured. I almost said Sideway Bob. It's not Sideway Bob. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Sideshow Bob. Is that what you Sideshow Bob. Yeah. But it's Buffalo Bill. Buffalo you- Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's dancing around. I still hear that song on in bars sometimes. And all I can think about is Buffalo Bill dancing around. Yeah. How did we arrive at this place? Who knows? Are the Canes content to let Alex Nedeljkovic walk? Huh?